Uh, almost all the bill happened in secret and happened um, without our input. And so we only learned about it uh, officially. I mean, we kind of, there were rumblings, but we only officially heard about it on April 1st of 2013, which I thought was kind of ironic because um, the joke was on us. full and free exercise of our sacred right and duty to vote is more important in the long run than the personal hopes or ambitions of any candidate for any office in the land. You're listening to High Turnout, Wide Margins, an insider's look at election administration hosted by Brianna Lennon and Eric Fay. Well, we're here today with uh, Judd Choate from uh, the state of Colorado. He is the director of elections in the Secretary of State's office in Colorado. And we've, we've talked in previous episodes with folks from Colorado, uh, from the County Clerks Association and with County Clerks. But this is the first time we're talking to somebody at the state level. And um, I think it, it will be particularly interesting because... In election administration, there is this Colorado model, and it is expanded um, across some states. And so we definitely want to delve into that. But the first thing we always ask ask our guest, Judd, is how they got involved in election administration in the first place. So why don't we start there? Well, uh, thanks first for inviting me. I appreciate it. Um, I listen faithfully to your uh, podcast, so um, it's exciting to be on. I told my wife and kids. So... Um, all right, so the answer to your question is the same that I'm sure you received from pretty much everybody else, and that is by accident. Um, I was a professor of political science at the University of Nebraska. I taught campaigns and elections um, and government, so I taught presidency and Congress. Um, my wife got a job at uh, Colorado State University uh, directing a public policy institute, so we were moving to Colorado. Um, I could have uh, done a spousal hire and stayed a professor, but I was kind of bored of it and uh, decided to go back to law school. Um, So I commuted from Fort Collins to Boulder and went to law school for three years. And after that, uh, I clerked with a Supreme Court justice. And during that time, I had the opportunity to work on several elections law cases. Just happened to be a really active uh, cycle for initiatives, and um, and then went to work for a law firm that did government law. And uh, a couple of years after that, um, the uh, state election position opened, and I applied for it and uh, was hired. Well, the first question I'm really curious about learning your your background. I I think there there I've met a fair number of folks who have been lawyers that have gone into election administration. We just interviewed. Um, Stephen Richer from Maricopa County. He's an attorney, for instance. Um, I don't know that there have been many people from the academic field. I mean, I'm sure there are a few. But um, that that being said, you've been in academics. You've been you've been in the legal field. You've litigated some of these things. What was it like transitioning from? I'm sure some lawyers and academics would would take issue with what I'm about to say. But moving from the theoretical to the to the uh, let's say the real world of where the rubber meets the roads in, in elections. What was that transition like? Uh, it was bumpy. 
the the truth of the matter is that uh, people who work in elections, be they lawyers or even politicians who get elected, uh, they think they know a lot about elections. I thought I knew a lot about elections. And then um, I took the job directing a department that runs elections and realized, you know, instantly that I didn't know anything about elections. And I spent the first, you know, six to nine months just trying to get the lingo right, trying to understand what the acronyms were, um, trying to follow conversations because uh, it was a level of detail that uh, as an attorney I never had to focus on. And certainly as an academic, when when you're uh, an academic, you're talking about large institutions. So you're talking about, you know, the ship. You're not talking about individual compartments in the ship. So um, I just really didn't have any sense about how detailed and complicated it was until I took the job. Jumping to talking about Colorado specifically, um, our previous conversations, some have talked about 2013 in Colorado and when modernization and vote by mail went into effect and you were around for that too. I wondered if you could speak to maybe a little bit to what the experience on your end was like while that process happened in 2013 in Colorado, but also if you see um, similarities or a diversion from that as we're looking at law changes and different reforms now. Yeah, uh, the the situation in 2013 was that the Secretary of State for Colorado was Scott Gessler, and uh, he was a Republican Secretary of State. He opposed, you know, pretty much everything in 2000, in, in 1303, which was the the bill um, that that sort of revolutionized Colorado elections. Um, he was okay with vote by mail, but every other element of that bill he opposed, and uh, so. Um, Practically speaking, people like uh, Amber McReynolds, Pam Anderson, Matt Crane, um, some others uh, were working behind the scenes, uh, bringing that bill to life. Uh, and by the way, I think they kind of lost Matt along the way, but there were people that were actively engaged in the creation of that bill, uh, working with legislators who, um, who then... Uh, chose not to work with us because at the state level we were working for Scott Gessler and Scott opposed much of the bill. So uh, almost all the bill happened in secret and happened um, without our input. And so we only learned about it uh, officially. I mean, we kind of, there were rumblings, but we only officially heard about it on April 1st of 2013, which I thought was kind of ironic because um, the joke was on us. Uh, so um, the problem with the bill um, from our perspective was that it became effective upon signature. So it had what we call a safety clause. And uh, so the governor signed it around June 1st. We had a couple of recall elections that happened in July and so all of the elements of that bill we had to actually incorporate and do live in um, like a month, month and a half. And much of it required a technological upgrade. Uh, we had to write some code. We had to sort of um, jerry-rig our system and policies to make it work. So 
my experience of 1303 was it was really hard and uh, we didn't enjoy it at all. At the, at the same time, though, I will say that almost across the board, everybody in the office, perhaps except for the secretary, uh, thought that the policies were good ones. So uh, we all, um, uh, pretty much everyone who worked for me and everyone that I knew that was pretty engaged in elections um, at the administration level, except for the secretary, uh, believed that same-day registration was a very reasonable policy that could be done technologically and safely and securely, and uh, that uh, vote-by-mail could be done safely and securely, um, doing vote centers across the state could be done safely and securely. Uh, we also did pre-registration uh, at that time of 16- and 17-year-olds in 1303. The other big part of 1303, which people don't know about or talk about as much was um, using uh, NCOA, National Change of Address, information to automatically update voter registration. So we, we received the NCOA information and um, just updated the records um, administratively and then sent a notice to the voter saying, uh, hey, when you notified uh, the United States Postal Service that you were moving a couple weeks ago or a month ago or six weeks ago, uh, we use that information to automatically update your voter registration. Are you okay with that? And um, we, you know, occasionally we'll hear from a voter that says, no, that's not what I wanted. But the vast, vast majority of people were perfectly fine with that and, and in fact thought it was a great use of government resources. So, um, so that was a really big part of 1303. But most of what I just described required pretty extraordinary technological upgrades and uh, some code that had to be rewritten for our statewide voter registration system. And uh, we just weren't ready to do that. Uh, we couldn't do it with a snap of a finger. We had to do months and months, even over a year worth of development to accomplish a lot of that. That's probably a somewhat different perspective than uh, you might have heard from others who have talked about it. <laughs> yeah, no, but I think it's important to hear that perspective and understand it for sure. Something I've been curious about in general about Colorado for a, a while is just how prolific Colorado has been in, for want of a better term, election administration innovation. I've I've been in my director role since January of 2015. And so when I started going to conferences, watching webinars, reading white papers, things like that, you can't help but bump into Colorado people like everywhere. So you're very prolific, Judd. A number, the people you mentioned uh, in your previous comments are, are everywhere. Um, Colorado has a very robust county clerks association. Um, a lot of uh, very uh, progressive, and when I say progressive, I mean it with a lowercase p, um, election administrators that try new things, they're innovative. And then you mentioned the, the legislation that kind of instituted the so-called Colorado model, even though um, the Secretary of State at the time uh, was against it um, because of, you know, ideological or partisan differences. There are other states with Democratic, capitally de Democratic legislatures that aren't implementing this kind of stuff. So all that to say or ask, what is it about Colorado that all this stuff happens in election administration at the state and local level? Uh, good question. I'm not exactly sure what's in the water, but uh, there clearly is something. Uh, the I think 
Uh, a couple of things. First, uh, uh, the Clerks Association that you mentioned is really active. They're very uh, strong um, and persuasive among legislators. Uh, sometimes that's really annoying when you're the Secretary of State's office and you you know you want to try to just get something done and and you have to fight with the clerks. But um, for the most part, it's a really good thing because uh, it often means we're partnering with them on policies and where we may have a perspective, they may hold a you know slightly uh, different but also complementary perspective and and we can work together on something. And uh, between the two of us, we're much more powerful. Um, so that's one thing. Uh, the, so, so the power and persuasion of the clerks and people in elections administration is really important. Uh, we also seem to have a number of state legislators who are very engaged on the topic of elections administration, and they're, um, they're pretty sophisticated. In fact, our Senate majority leader right now used to be the executive director of um, a major elections nonprofit in Colorado. So uh, when you have people engaged at that level and frankly pretty sophisticated about those kinds of issues, you'll you'll you tend to get um, you know uh, pretty sophisticated legislation and uh, people that want to push the envelope. So those are a couple of things. I think the secretaries uh, make a pretty big difference too. Um, the Secretary Gessler is sort of a contrary example uh, because he was opposed to many of these things. But Secretary Williams, who was the secretary who followed um, Scott Gessler, was pretty engaged on a number of these more progressive kinds of issues. I would note that Wayne Williams is a Republican, lifelong Republican, uh, solidly Republican. If you met him and talked to him, you would walk away going, he is a Republican. Um, the uh, But he was very enthusiastic about many of the things which sort of make up the Colorado model. And then, uh, obviously, Secretary Griswold, who is a Democrat, um, has pushed in a number of other new ways to sort of expand our model. Um, so the, that's all good. Secretaries, I think, have had a big role. I would note that the one other thing that um, will come up when you're sort of talking among elections administrators is uh, we have money. And that's uh, really helps us push forward on a lot of these policies because the way that our system works in Colorado is that business and licensing fees uh, do not go back to the legislature to then be reauthorized back to us. We keep them. And all we have to do is ask the legislature for authorization to spend the money. Well, the legislature is much more apt to give us authority to spend money that they don't have to you know, that they themselves give to us. So uh, we go to them and we say, hey, we want to do something new. Like we want to do ballot tracking this year and we want to enroll everybody who has an active email address and get 50% of our population so that they can track their ballots uh, from the moment they're mailed to the moment they're counted. And the legislature says, well, how much is that? And we tell them and, and they go, well, are you asking for money? And we say, no, we just want to spend our own money. And they go, yeah, okay, whatever, and tell us to go away. So uh, that means we can do a lot of that kind of cool stuff uh, because we just have access to funds that many, many other offices, perhaps even all of them, uh, just don't have. Hi, I'm Brianna Lennon, County Clerk for Boone County, Missouri. 
and you're listening to High Turnout, Wide Margins, a podcast where we explore local election administration. You mentioned that the Clerks Association is pretty strong in Colorado as well. What kind of impact, because I'm sure, you know, you've talked to other state election directors that have very different relationships with their clerks associations or with their locals in general. Um, How would you describe how your office works with clerks in Colorado? Uh, We work very closely with clerks. uh, I'll give you a couple of examples. So when we created our voter registration database, so it was um, from a vendor's, the Sabre system that Iowa has and Oregon has, uh, when when and Missouri has. So uh, when we when we uh, did that um, in 2006 through 2008, um, the we had a whole team of people that were rolling that out. You know, developing the system, writing the code, and then uh, training and and actually implementing. Well, we retained some of those people at the end of that process and created what we call the score help desk. And so we have a group of people, um, none of whom, well, one of whom is remains from that original group, but we've um, continued to employ people in the position of helping counties uh, to do the work of working in that voter registration system, but also just understanding what Colorado election law is and uh, how to run an election. And um, I think that that relationship means that they, the counties, either the county clerks or the people that work for the county clerks, rely on us, and we have that relationship. We know who they are. We, we know their names. Um, we know their families. We know their kids. So, um, uh, so that's a big deal, and it, it means that we're all sort of in this fight together. And um, uh, we also have lawyers on staff um, who, and county support team on staff who are talking to counties all the time. So our relationship is symbiotic. I mean, we are we are not two lanes that very uh, rarely interact. We are interacting every single day. The other thing is that um, our office will often travel around the counties. In fact, uh, Thursday and Friday of last week, I was in the counties um, talking to uh, county officials uh, so, and that's not atypical. That's we do that all the time. In the week prior to our primary election, which will be next month, I'll travel around to a region of the state and see half a dozen clerks or more. Um, before a, a general election, so an even year November election, uh, we will um, go to uh, every county in the state in the couple of weeks before the election and try to hopefully visit every single polling place. Um, in the week or 10 days prior to that election. So uh, this is something we just take very seriously. We take very seriously our relationship with the counties. And I feel like, uh, and I hope that this is the way that they would see it, I feel like uh, they're stronger because of that too. They know more of what they need to do. They know where to get the right answer. Um, They uh, know the resources that are available to them. They don't rely so heavily on their vendors um, and instead, so we conduit that information to them. And so they have kind of a, um, another government uh, person that they can speak to and ask questions where maybe in other jurisdictions they would have gone straight to a vendor. So all of that, I think, helps to 
you know, make us a, a, a more holistic election system in Colorado. Oh, can I add one more thing to that question? Um, there, there's also a provision in our state law that um, during a, an election where there's a state initiative on the ballot, uh, we will uh, we pay the counties per number of active voters they have. So it's uh, to the county's benefit to keep their voter registration data up to date because the number of active voters will you know, dictate how much money they get out of an election. And uh, that helps to support the work that they do. So um, a large county uh, gets you know, 80 cents per active voter. A smaller county gets 90 cents per active voter. And um, that turns out is real money when um, when you sort of add all those numbers together and you use that money productively to help with your elections administration. So um, the state also helps financially local jurisdictions to carry out their elections administration. And I, you can say you don't want to answer this question, but I'm curious because that is a, a very collaborative picture of how elections operate. I'm sure you have you've commiserated with other state election directors before. What advice do you give them if they are in situations where that is not the case? Well, uh, so we didn't get there overnight. I think it's uh, something that has grown up from uh, a a specific and um, uh, laid out goal. I mean, we 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 want to have good relationships with our counties and. Uh, we want to have um, the, the, the kind of elections administration which um, requires and is benefited from our collaboration. So um, that we did that over time. We did that through relationship building. We did it by getting in the car and going places because uh, nothing will endear you to a county election official more than showing up at their office and spending a couple hours with them. And especially if that office is a long way away. In Colorado, there are elections offices that are seven and a half hours away from, from my office. And so when I am in Montezuma County or uh, Rio Blanco County or some other corner of the state, um, it means a lot to them. They understand that I had to go a long way and that I'm there to you know hear their story, hear about the work that they do, hear about the ways in which state policies don't quite work for them and gosh, I wish it was this way or that form is completely indecipherable. Um, you guys need to go back to the drawing board. Uh, that's the kind of stuff I come back with. I come back with a list. People in the office hate it when I go out on trips because I come back with five things for everybody to do. And um, I think uh, that benefits us. It makes us work hard, but it, it benefits us um, in the big picture with our relationship with the counties. So I guess if I was giving advice to other state election officials, I would say um, become, you know, your county elections officials' best friends. Find, find, find out more about them. Find out more about uh, their lives, their relationships, uh, the way that um, they do their work. And because of that, you'll um, develop a better relationship. The other things, by the way, I think would help too. If they had a strong association, if they had yearly meetings or even bi-yearly meetings, 
or if they had money that was coming from the state to help support elections administration, all those things would help. But the first thing that you can do that you have control over is developing those relationships. So picking up the phone or getting in a car and developing those relationships is really important. You've been listening to High Turnout Wide Margins, the podcast that explores local election administration. I'm your host, Brianna Lennon, alongside Eric Fay. Thanks to KBIA for making this podcast possible. Our managing editor is Rebecca Smith. Our managing producer is Aaron Hay. And our associate producers are Abigail Ruman and Katie Quinn. This has been High Turnout Wide Margins. Thanks for listening.